Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. I want to come to you for the next few minutes this evening. I want to speak to you in regards to uh, something that is very dear to my heart. Uh, As we open up tonight in our time together, can we pray one more time as we ask God's blessings over this service tonight? Dear Heavenly Father, I need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Without you, Holy Spirit, I'm not able to do anything. I ask you now that you would fill this church, fill your people, And help me, dear God, to be able to deliver this message in a very clear, easily understood manner. That everyone here, God, would recognize how close we are to your Son soon coming. Father, I glorify you. I praise your holy name. Again, make up where I leave off, for I need you, Lord, in the name of Christ. Amen and amen. Focus 2020. That has been your theme for your revival this week. You know, looking at the numerical aspect of it, 2020, focus. I've heard it said the only reason why people fail is due to broken focus. Along this Christian journey, there'll be days where we lose our focus. And it's in that time that we're to regain our focus. It was back some years ago. In fact, I was in Nashville, Tennessee just three days ago. Just got back from Nashville, Tennessee. And I was at a convention there, and this was some years ago at this same convention, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. I was on the expo floor, and they had these cameras that were sitting out, like Sony, Panasonic, JVC. And I was just playing with the controls of one of the cameras, and there was a line of cameras. And I asked the gentleman, how much did this camera cost? He said, $100,000. My hands came right off that camera. Mm-hmm. I then asked them the prices of the other cameras, and those prices were much less than that camera that was $100,000. And I said, what makes this camera different in price, much more valuable in price than these other cameras? And he says, it all goes back to the lens, its ability to focus. There was a little small number hanging from the rafters there in Anaheim, California, where I was located, and he took that camera and adjusted it, and that little, little number far away became clear in view. And that was the value of the camera. It wasn't the body. It was that piece of glass called the lens, its ability to focus. Tonight, as we come to close in these meetings, I want to remind us all that we are to continue to monitor our focus in these last of the last days. Amen? Amen. Now tonight, I'm going to be sharing some things, and I want you to stay with me. I want you to lean in this evening. I pray that this night, that I always ask the Lord to help me, that when people are hearing the word, that they take something home with them that they may have never thought about before, that they've never seen before. And that's my prayer. And I've asked that tonight, as you're listening to the word, that you would ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to teach me? Holy Spirit, what are you trying to show me in tonight's message? Listen, Brian does not bring revival in his notes. 
It is you and I simply hearing God's word and us responding to the word of God. Go back with me, July 3rd, 2014. My wife and I were on vacation in North Myrtle Beach. It was an awesome time. It was day four of our vacation. We were going home the next day on Friday. It was on a Thursday, the day right before July the 4th. We were gathered together there at the mall. It was a rainy day. So we went to the Coastal Grand Mall in Myrtle Beach because of the rain. As we were walking, my wife, who was about 36 weeks pregnant, she said, Ron, I'm not feeling too well. I said, Wendy, just have a seat. And she began to hurt pretty bad in her abdomen. I said, maybe you're dehydrated. Just get you something to drink. Sit down. She said, I will. So she sat down, and it became more and more intense. She said, Brian, I think we might need to go back to the uh, place we're staying so I can lay down and rest. I said, okay, let's do that. So we get in the car, drive back to the place where we're staying, and she lay down, and they just got worse and worse, more intense, more frequent. And she said, Brian, I think we might better go back to Greenville because I might be going into labor. What would you say? <laughs> she said, yes. So we hurriedly packed the bags up, got into our car, and made our way to Greenville. Now keep in mind, we're in North Myrtle Beach. Hurricane Arthur is off the coast. It is not going to hit the coast, though I've always heard this, when the barometer drops, the baby drops. <laughs> I learned that. So here I am, my dad's a driver's ed teacher. I'm in the 10-2, heading from North Myrtle Beach, heading to Greenville. And I, my wife, she's there, and she's nine minutes apart in her contractions. Yes, you know how crazy we were. <laughs> I said, Wendy, are you sure we can make it to Greenville? She said, yes, I want to make it. I want to go to Greenville. I said, okay. So here I am. I am literally flying down the highway. 55, bye-bye. I am in the wind. I am flying. I get to Wilmington. I said, Wendy, one more time. I said, Wendy, are you sure we can have this baby in Wilmington? I'm a Michael Jordan fan. Hey, he was born in Wilmington. Hey, right here. Let's do Wilmington. She said, no, I want to go to Greenville. So now we're on Interstate 40. I said, Wendy, are you sure? I said, we're getting near, you know, Beulahville. I said, Wendy, there's nothing but farmers out here. They might deliver cows, but I don't know about babies. She said, no. Now, you're looking at this map here. This is the journey we took. It was three hours and 31 minutes. That's the time it said, but I can assure you we made it there much quicker. Here's what happened. We went down Interstate 40, and we finally hit right off Interstate 40 right down here in the facing area. Got off. This is what, 117 right out here, right? Boy, I was flying past you guys. I flew by here, and I got to Goldsboro. I said, Wendy, I was born at Wayne Memorial Hospital. Look. <laughs> Our little boy can be born here. She said, no, Brian, I want to go to Greenville. So we made it to 795, going up through Pikeville, Fremont. I said, what about Wilson? She said, no, I want to have the baby in Greenville. I'm telling you, I am stressed out. The baby is wanting to come, and I'm not ready for our little boy to make his arrival. And all of a sudden, we're now what I call the final lap of the Daytona 500. I'm on, I'm on Highway 264 between Wilson and Greenville. And I'm telling you, I'm going 100 miles per hour. If I got pulled, either they could help me deliver the baby or they could escort me in to the hospital. But this baby was coming. We pulled into Vodit Medical Center there in Greenville. 
She was talking to the midwife on the phone on our way there. We pulled in. We stopped. They had a wheelchair waiting for it. Wendy gets in the wheelchair. They wheel her inside. I go park the car, run inside, give the insurance card to the individual. I run to the back where the baby's going to be delivered. And 20 minutes later, our little boy arrives in this world. That was close. <laughs> the point to this crazy illustration that is true we often say to ourselves how crazy we were. Was that baby was coming whether we were ready or not. You know, the pains became more intense. The pains became more frequent. Our little boy was coming. I want to speak to you tonight for the next few minutes in regards to something that I believe is so, so very near. 2020, what does this year hold? Can I just go and say, what does this decade hold? I do not know. But we have a lot of uncertainty in the world in which we live. But I want to speak to you for the next few minutes on labor pains of Bible prophecy. I'm going to ask you to please lean in tonight. Please listen. I'm going to give you some information that might be deep. But I promise you, prophecy, as I've shared before, is not to scare. Prophecy is to prepare. The Lord gave me a word at the end of 2019. And that word was prepare. Now this is before all this coronavirus stuff came out. This is way before. I didn't even know about coronavirus at the time. But can I tell you, there are people in churches all across America. They say with their lips they believe Jesus is coming, but their lives do not validate that they believe that Jesus is coming soon. Amen? Amen. If we truly believe that Jesus was soon coming, our lives will be much deeper. Labor pains of Bible prophecy. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, again, look with me on the screen tonight. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things, Matthew 24 verse 2 says. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here, here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he, Christ, sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Kind of like us tonight, tell us, Lord, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? That's the million-dollar question. People have asked these questions for centuries. Tonight, maybe you're in this room, and maybe you've had that thought cross your mind. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom shall rise against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences, and we see that tonight. And there's earthquakes and divers or diverse places across the globe. All of these are the beginning of sorrows, the beginning of birth pains. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. You can see on the screen as well. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail, birth pains, becoming more intense, more frequent. Upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. 
Verse 4, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Romans 8, verse 22, the Bible says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together unto now. What you're seeing, like what we saw the other night in Nashville, Tennessee, these terrible storms and these earthquakes and these hurricanes and these fires in Australia just a few months ago, we've seen the West Coast on fire. All of this is indication that the world is groaning, the world is in travail, which announces to us that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is soon to come. We sang tonight as Kevin led us and the team led us that we believe and that last part of that song, we believe he's coming again. Can I tell you tonight, Jesus is coming again and the church must be ready for Jesus soon coming. Can I hear an amen tonight? Amen. We sing a song like this, when we all get to heaven, but do you realize a person can sing a lie just as easy as they can tell a lie? Everybody who sings the song is not going to heaven. It's having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, understanding that God through His Son Christ is coming back. The Bible says in Revelation 22 verse 20, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Look, in that car that night traveling from North Myrtle Beach to Greenville, I don't understand the pain that a lady goes through. Us guys, we don't have the tolerance that you guys, ladies have, by no means. But maybe this scripture here, you guys can relate to what this means if you don't understand travailing and birth pain. In the Greek, the word quickly means tacos. And the word tacos means quickness, speedy, hastily. When you look at the word tacos, you see a word, a root word in there, which we have the word tachometer. In other words, when you see all these things happening, Revelation 22 tells us, he says his coming is quickly. In other words, it is revving up. Things are increasing speedily. Right now, it's like putting your pedal, the pedal to the metal, like that night me driving. Things are happening quickly. Look, there was a time. That Bible prophecy was occurring, but not near at the frequency that it's occurring now. When I thought and when I was asked to come and share for Focus 2020, I was just reminded what the Lord had put in my heart again back in 2019. But even far beyond then, I've been sharing with my congregation that Jesus is coming soon. You recall that song of the church? Help me out here. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Remember that song? Many will meet there. Do. Remember that song? When I was in fourth grade, I first began to understand what the rapture was about. That means the coming of the Lord, the rapture. And when I first began to learn about it, I was in fourth grade. I came home one day from school. Me and my brother were there. And mom and dad told me and my brother something, but I didn't listen. They were going to go walking. And so a few minutes had passed, and I called for my mom and dad, and they did not answer me. I called again, and they did not answer me. I went outside and called for them, and they did not answer me. Guess what I thought? <laughs> that is a terrible, terrible feeling. But listen, that day is coming. That day is coming. I don't have time tonight to illustrate 
the difference between the rapture and the second coming. But we believe the rapture of the church is when Christ comes in the clouds and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen? That's what the Bible teaches. Listen, prophecy is the writing of history before it happens. God tells us with daring boldness, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years into the future what is going to happen. And Jesus' return is featured prominently all throughout the Scriptures. In fact, in the Old Testament, Christ's return is emphasized in no less than 17 books. And the New Testament, Arthur speaks of it 23 of the 27 books. Seven out of ten chapters in the New Testament mention Jesus' return. In other words, one out of every 30 verses in the New Testament teaches us that Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth. Now here's where I want you to lean in, okay? I want you to lean in and listen to me very clearly, okay? I'm not making this political tonight, but I want to show you where we are on God's prophetic timeline this evening, okay? To help us all understand, I do believe the next great event on God's gigantic time calendar is the coming of His Son, Jesus Christ. So what are some of the birth pains? To illustrate where we are right now, let's look at the United States of America. I don't think i got to convince you tonight that this nation is in a mess. No Republicans going to solve this problem. No Democrats going to solve this problem. Listen, only the Lord Jesus Christ is going to solve this problem. Amen? Only he. I'm going to go back a few short years just to illustrate where we are. It was back in 2008. You may recall this election. McCain was running against President Obama. And we know the outcome of that election. And then in 2012, we had, of course, Mitt Romney. It's not on the screen, but Mitt Romney. And we also had a second term of President Barack Obama. And then in 2016, something happened. We find in 2016 that the people were tired of the establishment. They were tired of the Republicans. They were tired of the Democrats. Many people thought it was going to be the Bushes up against the Clintons once again. That Jeb Bush would rise to the scene in the Republican Party and that Clinton would rise to the scene in the Democratic Party. But on that summer day, a brash billionaire came down some escalators and announced he was running for president. We find in 2016 that it illustrated that people were tired of the establishment. And again, I'm not making this political. I'm just stating to you fact tonight of where we are in the United States. That that night in November of 2016, they elected President Donald Trump. Now, from that time point where we are now, we know that that night that many people were totally shot by the outcome, as many were. Shot at the outcome of this election. Many people thought that Clinton would be surely would be the next president of the United States. But understand, God has a purpose behind every single thing. Do you remember that? Understand that, right? Here we are now in 2020. Another pivotal year. As we think about focus, 2020. This is a huge year election-wise. Listen very closely. We are only one election away of losing this country. Only one. This year, some huge things have happened or will be happening in the United States. Already we've seen 
the impeachment head, uh, hearings. You see on the screen tonight, impeachment heads to full house after historic vote. You saw back in January what was taking place with the impeachment. We know that our president, that faith leaders have prayed for President Trump in the White House. This is a picture here illustrating them surrounding like Jensen Franklin, Jack Graham, Greg Laurie, Robert Morris, uh, Dr. James Dobson surrounding President Trump praying for him. Pastors, worship leaders, pray for Trump in the Oval Office amid impeachment fight. You see this screen on behind me. You see, Trump is a nationalist and not a globalist. And, and I'm going somewhere with this, so don't, don't, don't let me lose you, okay? He's a nationalist and not a globalist. Hillary Clinton was a globalist because the agenda is a one-world government, okay? I believe God has given us a reprieve, so please stay with me. Just yesterday was an election in Israel on March the 2nd, the third election in one year in the nation of Israel. We find that Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, and Benny Gantz from the Blue and White Party, they had a third election. We found that yesterday that President, or excuse me, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu won by a landslide. But unlike in America, when you go to form your government, you need 61 seats out of 120 in the Knesset to form a government. And if you cannot get 61 seats, you go back to an election again. And as of right now, what I just read tonight, President or Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has 59 of the 61 seats which means it might lead back into a, another election this fall. April the 9th last year was the first election. September 17th was the second election. March the 2nd was the third election. They're in gridlock, deadlock right there in Israel. They are trying to get a prime minister, but there's a lot of division in Israel just like there is in America. And Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, like President Trump, is a nationalist and not a globalist. Now, here's the wild thing. They're trying to do with or Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu the same thing they're doing with President Trump, trying to remove them from office. Because there's an agenda to push forth with this globalist mentality of a new world order. Now, let me just illustrate this more. Israel, Matthew 24, the Bible says, 32, 33, and 34. Now, learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender... And put a forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise, ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near. What is near? Even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. What is near is the coming of the Lord. The Bible tells us here that Israel is the fig tree. I want to explain further here. It was back in... 2018, on May 15, 1948, Israel became a nation. And then on May 15, 2018, we celebrated the 70th anniversary of the nation of Israel. This was a huge prophetic event. We also find on that same day, May 15, 2018, that President Trump moved the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. This was another huge event. It was on December 6, 2017, on that Wednesday, that President Trump declared to the entire world that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel and not Tel Aviv. And I'm telling you, it put a shockwave through the world. No president has ever done this before. 
It came back in Clinton's time, back in the mid-90s. And every president, every six months, it would come to their table and they either would sign it and say yes or they would kick it down the road another six months. Every president since Clinton has done this. But President Trump in December 2017 said Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Now here's the wild thing, just a few days before May 15, 2018, there was a storm, a major storm in Israel, specifically in Jerusalem. It was in the latter part of April, and it blew over trees like we often see. And there was this canister that was hidden inside of a tree in the city of Jerusalem. It's a taxidermy-type jar. And they pulled the document out, and it was a 70-year-old copy of the Independence Declaration just a few days before the 70th anniversary of the nation of Israel. This next slide shows you it written in, in Hebrew. Look at it, next slide. Here it is written in Hebrew. I can't tell you what it says. Look at the next slide. A copy of Israel's Declaration of Independence dating back to the year that the state of Israel was born was discovered money during efforts to remove an old tree damaged during surprise storms two weeks ago. You tell me if God's illustrating to the world that he has a people. When I read that, Isaiah 45, 3 came to mind. He says, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. I mean, look, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, just a few weeks before the 70th anniversary, and I can't go in detail, but 70 is huge prophetically. Do you know that Israel, only 70 years old, now almost 72 years old, is the eighth most powerful nation in the world? This is the next slide here. In fact, God has blessed Israel bountifully. Israel Leviathan Gas Group seeks partners to expand. It was just back in January. They signed with Greece and Cyprus this huge deal where they're getting oil, resources, natural gases from the Mediterranean Sea. And what is happening, Israel is blossoming and prospering. And people, they want what Israel has. Their fruits and vegetables, their natural resources, gold, Again, I'm talking about oil. I'm talking about natural gas. I'm talking about they can take the moisture out of the air and make drinking water out of it. I've heard someone once say, you sneeze, we drink. <laughs> the Israelis are intelligent people. Do you know this? I read just the other day that they're hoping in the next few weeks to have a vaccine for the coronavirus. Will they have it? I don't know. I just read that. But listen, I mentioned yesterday, Netanyahu's block, I said 59 seats, actually 58 seats. This next slide shows 58 seats. They need 61 seats to form a government. Right now, Israel is looking for a leader. Do you know this? Can I go one step further? The rabbis are looking for a Messiah. But understand, the Messiah they're looking for is not the same Messiah we're looking for. The one that they'll receive is called the Antichrist. Now stay with me. I know I'm getting deep here. But look, focus, focus, right? Focus. That's the purpose of tonight's lesson. Because listen, Bible says in Hosea, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Tonight you're hearing this and you'll be held accountable for what you've learned and heard. Listen, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, the next slide. It says, 
bloc of right-wing and religious parties will remain at the 58 seats in the current vote count, three away from obtaining a blocking majority in the next Knesset. Sources in the Central Elections Committee said this Wednesday morning. That was today. So if things don't change, more votes are coming in, there'll be another election in September. But here's the wild thing, too. Just like President Trump went on trial, on March the 17th, guess who's going on trial? Benjamin Netanyahu. Listen, there's an agenda. They want the nationalists out of the way. President Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu are blocking their agenda of a one-world government. That's what's happening. In fact, just a few weeks ago, you see where Boris Johnson, you recall the, the UK, pulling out, you know what I'm saying? Britain, pulling out of the EU. Let me just go on again. Next slide. It says, here in the, it says, Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been indicted on charges of bribery, fraud, and breach of trust. Can I tell you, this is a joke, kind of like the impeachment was. Attorney General, I can't say the name, announced Thursday. It says in the second paragraph, Netanyahu has denied any wrongdoing and said he is the victim of a witch hunt, faces up to 10 years in prison if convicted of bribery and maximum three-year term for fraud and breach of trust, according to legal experts. They're trying to have him removed just like our current president. Now, I'm going somewhere with all this, so stay with me. We just celebrated the 70th anniversary, now almost 72 years, May 15th. But guess what? In 70 A.D. was the last time there was a temple in Jerusalem. It was destroyed by the Romans. We find Jerusalem and the second temple was destroyed by the Romans. They've had no temple since 70 A.D. But do you know right now, the Jewish people are looking at having a third temple built in the city of Jerusalem. They are comparing President Trump to King Cyrus who gave them the green light to build the temple years ago. You may have seen this. If those who might follow me on Facebook, you may have seen this post some weeks ago. Look at this next slide here. That is a coin with Trump and King Cyrus, and it's minted in Israel to honor his decision to move the embassy to Jerusalem. You can't make this stuff up. Look at the next slide. Here's the back side is a temple. This is the temple. Here's the thing I want you to keep in mind. This is the temple that the Antichrist will sit in. These are shadows of the tribulation being cast on the earth right now. Let me put it to you where you can understand it. How many knows that Christmas decorations come out in October? Right? <laughs> when you see the Christmas decorations, it tells you that Christmas is near. But there's a holiday that comes before Christmas. And it's called what? Thanksgiving. The signs that I see tells me that the second coming of Jesus is near but guess what it also tells me? It tells me the rapture of the church is that much nearer. And if you are a believer, you know Christ as Savior, can I tell you to look up? Your redemption draweth nigh. Amen? This is shadows of the tribulation. This is what focus is all about. Satan wants you and I to lose our focus, to get caught up on things that are petty, to lose our focus when we know the Bible teaches us Jesus is coming soon. Look, church, it's not time. It's not time to be distracted because Satan's distractions will destroy us. Let me go on. Let me go on. Jewish worshipers are praying on the Temple Mount for the first time in decades. Right now, they're praying on the Temple Mount the first time in decades. Do you know, they're, as stated, their desire in this next slide shows the rebuilding of the third temple. 
Now, I know you may not take my word for it, but I want you to look at this short video clip and look at what's happening by the Temple Institute. They got the furniture, they got the plans, everything is ready for the third temple to go up. Watch this next video. waiting for the green light to build the third temple. Look, the point I'm trying to drive home tonight, we are so close to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wouldn't dare leave a church service if my heart was not right with the Lord. You might say tonight, Brian, when is Jesus coming? Look, no one knows when Jesus is returning. I've heard my entire life, like you've heard your entire life, that Jesus is coming soon. But you know what? I can tell you this for a fact. We're one day closer than what we were yesterday. And Jesus is coming back for those who are looking for his appearing. There's a lot of things I can share tonight, and time is almost up. But listen, right now in the Middle East, it's a powder keg. There's a lot of things going on in the Middle East. Right now, it's been stated that Putin is the new king in the Middle East. We find right now that we find that Putin has a brand new name called Supreme Leader. He's worked it out in his government now to be basically in control for the rest of his life. It is said that Vladimir Putin, who is the leader, the president of Russia, is the most wealthiest man in the world, Vladimir Putin. I say this to you so when you watch the world news and you listen, you will notice what's happening. And right now, Putin is the one who's getting in the middle of all the things between Russia, Turkey, Iran, Libya, Israel. He's right in the middle of it. He is the mediator. And right now before our very eyes, what we're seeing happening is what we call the Ezekiel 38-39 war. This next slide shows you the Middle East. 
This shows you Ezekiel 38 and 39. You'll see some ancient names like Put and Cush and Gomer and Tagarma. These are ancient names that you'll find in Genesis chapter 10. But this is the Middle East. This is the central point. This is the focal piece. Listen, Washington, D.C. is not the center of the world. Rather, it is Jerusalem, okay? Here's what's happening. I want to read to you from Ezekiel 38. We're going to come to a close in just a moment. Verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, G-O-G. That is a personality. That is an individual. That is not a country. That is an individual. We don't know who this person is, but Vladimir Putin, he's, very, he's acting Gogish, which means he's this leader who's going to rise up against Israel in the last days. What you're seeing right now with Russia, Turkey, Iran, the Middle East, all this stuff happening in Syria is setting up. The stage is setting up. Son of man. Set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put, notice here, put hooks into thy jaws. From the north, I'm going to put a hook in your jaw and drag you down. I will bring thee forth and thy army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even as great company with bucklers and shields, all of them hailing swords, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya, northern Africa, with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Tagarma of the north quarters, and all his bands and many people with thee. Basically what it's saying, the ancient names, these countries like Russia, Turkey, Iran, Libya, Somalia, uh, uh, Sudan, are going to come against Israel in, the, in this point in time in Ezekiel 38, 39, verse 7. Be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself thou, and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited in the latter years. Thou shalt come into the land, speaking of Israel, that is brought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste. But it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. So the nation of Israel will come back into existence. The people of Israel coming back to Israel. That's what it says, verse 9. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land. Thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass that at the, time, at the same time shall things come into my mind and thou shalt think an evil thought. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest. That's speaking of Israel, at rest, that dwell safely. All of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. To take, notice the word, a spoil and to take a prey. Spoil means booty. It means resources. It means what they have. To turn thy hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? In other words, they're going to protest, not get involved. And it says, and hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil. So what's happening? These nations are coming against Israel to take what they have, the spoil. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, 
That person right now looks like Vladimir Putin. We don't know. We can't be dogmatic about it, but it's very interesting. Thus says the Lord God, On that day when my people Israel dwells safely, will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out from the far north, you and many people with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army. I'm going to jump to slide 56. Look at the map here. Here's what I want you to see. You said, Brian, what did you just read? I know it's a lot, but look, here's the map of Jerusalem. You see Jerusalem there? Let's go due north, like Ezekiel 38 says. Guess what you run into? Right into Moscow, almost 1,700 miles away from the city of Jerusalem. Back in April 2014, we see that Russia makes a move. They now go to Crimea, the next slide. They're in Crimea. Now, 892 miles away from Jerusalem. Then they continue forward. They go through the Black Sea, through the Bosphorus Strait, now to Syria. Now only 250, 61 miles away from Jerusalem. Then we find they make their way down to Damascus in September of 2015. And Damascus is only, next slide, is only, I'm sorry, here's the slide that shows you here about the Russians taking their military warships and red line vessels passage through the Bosphorus. The Bosphorus is there in the Black Sea through the strait. And listen to what this next person says. Next slide. When the Russian Navy passes through the Bosphorus, the Bosphorus Strait, it's time to get ready for the Messiah. Now look, next slide. Now you see Damascus, Syria, 135 miles away from Jerusalem. Brian, what's your point? Again, look how close they are. Russia is to Jerusalem. They come from the north, put a hook in their jaw, come for spoil. I want you to watch this, okay? Watch this. Do you see what you're looking at? Do you see it? Do you see it? Next slide. Let's go, I'm sorry, go back one more slide. I'm sorry. If you can, there you go. Do you, see, do you see what I see? Do you see a hook with a barb? You can't make this stuff up. Right now, when you're watching the world news, listen for Syria. Listen for Russia. Listen for Iran. Listen for Turkey. Listen to Erdogan. Listen for Rouhani. Listen for Vladimir Putin. That is all you're listening to right now in the world news. They're wanting what Israel's got, and it's called spoil. Russia's hurting financially. Guess what? Turkey's hurting financially. Guess what? Iran is hurting financially because of the sanctions. They're hurting financially. And when you're hurting financially, you go to war. That's what they want. They want the spoil. They want what Israel has. They want what they've got. This next slide, it shows Benjamin Netanyahu. We're going to go, I promise you. We're going to go. But this next slide shows Benjamin Netanyahu. I'm talking fast here. He's talking to Judge Janine. Remember her on Fox? Listen to this interview. I want you to listen Listen for the word. I said spoil, right? Listen listen to what she's interviewing him. Listen to what he says. He's talking about Russia, Iran, and Turkey. Listen to what he says. You know, to break the, you know, to break this charade of, of hypocrisy. He just punched right through it. And I think this is great. This is a, a significant historical point. As has been his decision to confront Iran, to pull out of that horribly flawed deal. I think these are two great things. Do you think that you will face consequences from the other, like Iran, the other Arab nations? I think the Arabs are happy about this, about the embassy. I think they're, they sort of have to, uh, you know, raise uh, the usual protests, but I don't think they really care that much. And the Palestinians, certainly in Gaza, will use it as a pretext, as a pretext to try to uh, uh, rile up the masses against Israel. But what they want is not a peace with Israel. 
They want a peace without Israel. They don't want a Palestinian state next to Israel. They want a Palestinian state instead of Israel. That's why this conflict goes on, because they want to throw us into the sea. The minute we'll get Arab leaders, as we got with Sadat uh, and with King Hussein, the late King Hussein of Jordan, who are willing to coexist with Israel, then we're moving towards peace. I see that happening in the outer ring of Arab countries. And I think that part of that is the, this coming together against Iran, and President Trump is helping that a lot. But Iran now uh, is aligning itself with Russia and has a proxy, has its proxy in Syria. Yeah, I, I think Iran wants to move its army to Syria now that the war against ISIS is winding down there. And we're absolutely, and they're saying openly that their goal is to bring these lethal weapons mm -hmm. uh, to close to Israel's border, a thousand miles away from Iran, right next to our border with the aim of destroying us. Well, I've said, no, you know, we'll rather, we'll confront you now before you build up your forces rather than later. What would you do? Any country would do. I mean, if somebody tried to move, uh, I don't know, to move right next to the United States, uh, horrendous missiles and other things, mm -hmm. with the express purpose of uh, annihilating the United States, you think you'd sit back? No. I'm not sure that Russia wants Iran to do that because, really? yeah, well, yes, because I think they're in competition now for, uh, for the position, for the spoils, if you will. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure there's a, a, a necessary conflict. But Iran is in conflict with us. Iran is in conflict with the United States. Iran is in conflict with the, just about all the Arab states in the Middle East. And I think we should unite together uh, under President Trump's leadership to kick Iran out of Syria and to constrain and stop Iran's aggression. If you want to advance peace, that's how you advance it, by confronting the enemies of peace. A strong Israel. Definitely is what gets the Arabs to the peace table. Yeah, I mean, what has happened with the Arab states is they've recognized that Israel is here to stay. You can't defeat it, and because you can't defeat it, you make peace with it. Thank you. It's called peace through strength. Peace through strength. I'm sure you've heard of that. So what you saw there is exactly what the Bible says, Ezekiel 38, 39. We'll wrap this up. I believe we are so close to the coming of the Lord with all my heart. I believe we are that terminal generation. You asked the question. I know your question. Brian, do you believe the Antichrist is alive today? Do you really believe that, Brian? Can I tell you, I do believe the Antichrist is alive today. I don't know who he is. In fact, I don't think the church is going to know who he is because the rapture is going to take place before that time. Can I tell you this also? You say, Brian, is Christ going to come back in my lifetime? Well, look, I can't tell you that for a fact. No one knows. Look, I'm sure my granddad thought that Christ was coming back in his lifetime, but my granddad's now in heaven. Look, 50 years from now, I'll be 100, no, I'll be 96 years, no, no, 100 years from now, I'll be 146, 145 years old. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be here in 145 years or 100 years from now. I'll be in eternity somewhere. I'll be in eternity in heaven's where I'll be. Now I ain't going to be, by the grace of God, not in that bad place. But all of us here, 50 years from now, some of us are going to be in eternity. So many things are happening right now in this world that illustrates that Jesus is coming soon. Have you seen this microchip type thing? Y'all seen that? This, again, tells me 
that were so close to the coming of the Lord. This is going to be the mark of the beast, Revelation 13, after the rapture, okay? We're not going to be here for this. Now, this, this is a foreshadowing. Those who have this chip in their hand right now, that is not the mark of the beast, but it's a precursor to it. I'm just trying to tell you, this shows you how close we are. Look, the spirit of Antichrist is already here. First John tells us that. But here's the thing. If the Lord should come, are you listening? If the Lord should come and a person gets left behind, they're going to have to die for their faith. Hear me, mom and dad, student, listen to me. I know it might scare, but that's not the point of prophecy. The prophecy is to prepare and not scare. A person says, well, I'll just get saved during the tribulation period. Look, if you cannot live for Jesus now, how can you die for him then? Right? The Bible says, if you do not take this mark, you will be killed. Now, again, I'm saying this tonight. This is what focus is all about. The church needs to get focused that Jesus is coming. We're to occupy till Christ comes, but we have a responsibility. Jesus is coming. I'm going to close tonight with this final thing, this final thing here that I want to show you. You might ask, Brian, what is the greatest sign? I believe the greatest sign is the convergence of all the signs coming together. Again, I don't have time tonight to go in detail. But my Bible tells me that Jesus is going to split the eastern sky and those who know him as personal Savior. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, look at what it says, verse 13. The Bible says, But I would have you not to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And notice what the Bible says, and with the trump of God. I want you to think about it. The trump of God. And when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Look, I'm listening for that shofar to blow. And when that shofar blows, my friend, listen. You, me, us, and the Christ's personal Savior are going to lose all gravitational pull at 9.8 meters per second squared. And we're going to meet our loved ones in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Can I hear an amen tonight? Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Stand to your feet all across the room tonight. We bless your holy name. We glorify your holy name tonight, God. And we thank you for all that you've done. We praise your name tonight, God, and we thank you that you're in full control of all things. And Lord, I pray tonight that there be one that is in this room who may not know Christ as personal Savior, that tonight, God, they will say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. I ask tonight in the name of Jesus by saying, Lord Jesus, forgive me, I'm a sinner. 
I pray for that one tonight who may have backslid. I pray for that one tonight, God, who may have made some bad choices, Lord, but you love them and you are calling them. You are wooing them tonight back to the cross. And I'm asking you, Jesus, that they regain their focus. They've lost their focus, God. May they get their focus back again and realize the main thing is the main thing of serving you until you come. Thank you for blessing this church. Thank you for blessing this wonderful church. And Father, we glorify your name tonight and all that you have done in the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. As we come to close in this service, I know tonight I've gone long. I, I ask that you please forgive me tonight. I apologize, but who knows, this might be the last night we have. I do not know. But I'm asking tonight that the Holy Spirit would just minister and speak to you where you are. Spirit of God, I thank you now for speaking to your people, for ministering to them in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What I'm going to ask to do tonight, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to ask, I know it's later, it's on a Wednesday night. I know tomorrow is a work day and a school day, I understand. But I'm going to ask all those who will, would you, everyone here, would you just come with me around the altar right now? Everyone here, just step out from where you are. I got a song that I want them to play as we're coming around the altar to pray. I want you to listen to this song. Step around, all everyone here, just come around, close as you can. Just come around, close as you can. I'm sure you've heard this song by the Gaither Band. I want us to worship around this altar tonight. We're going to pray. And if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior tonight, can I ask you, in just a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to invite you to ask Christ to come into your heart. And tonight, He will forgive you of your sins. It's the greatest thing in the world. My little boy, five years old, came to me and said, Daddy, I want to be saved. And one night at the Royal Rangers, I led my little boy to the Lord. Look, have the faith of a child tonight. Listen to this beautiful song as we worship together, and then we're going to pray. Work on earth has been suspended. And the king, my friend, will be coming through the gate. The king is coming. The king is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding, and now his face I see. Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, you are, Lord. Hallelujah. The King is coming. Praise God. He's Listen to the words tonight. Just worship the Lord as we get our minds prepared for our time of prayer. Happy faces yes, Lord. Line the hallways. Yes, Lord. Those whose lives have been redeemed. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> broken homes. He has mended those from prison. He set free. Little children at the Praise your name. Hand stand on the Praise your name. Those who are crippled, broken, ruined, <laughs> Now sing it like.
like you mean it. This coming. This is going to become a reality one day. This coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding. And now his face I see. The king is coming. The king is coming. Thank you, Lord, as we regain our focus tonight, God, that you're soon coming. May we have our eyes to the sky. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love this verse here. Listen to God Penrod as he sings this awesome verse here. <laughs> I can see the marching throng and the flurry of God's trumpet spells the end of sin and wrong. Regal robes are now unfolding. Heaven's grandstands all in place. Heaven's choir is now assembled. <laughs> Let's sing it together tonight. Let it be our prayer. The King is coming. <laughs> the King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding. And now His face I see. Thank you, Jesus. The King. Praise your name. He's coming. Praise God. He's coming. Yes, he is. For me. <laughs> Praise God. He's coming. Do you believe that tonight that Jesus is coming? Amen. We're going to pray tonight. I want to say thank you for giving me your time this evening. You could have been anywhere tonight, but you chose to be right here at the Mount Isle First PH Church. Most of all, God has seen this night. And God is going to honor your response to His Word tonight. I realize I shared a lot of information that might have went over some people's head. I realize tonight it was like a fire hydrant coming out. But listen, here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. Here it is. Revelation. Put that last scripture on the screen if you don't mind. Here's the bottom line right here. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Stay focused. We're going to stay focused, amen? We're going to stay focused, amen? How about right here? We're going to stay focused, amen? How about you guys here, amen? How about over here? you got to stay focused. You gotta keep your eyes on the prize. You gotta stay focused. Tonight, we're gonna to pray a prayer. If you're in this room and maybe you backslid tonight, maybe you've done some things that you're ashamed of. We've all done those things we're ashamed of. Or maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. I'm gonna ask you to pray a prayer after me. But listen, I don't want you to pray it with your head. That's just to ease your conscience. 
want you to pray it with your heart tonight. I want you to pray, and I want you to believe in faith. And my friend, the Lord can change you just like that. Amen? So if you don't mind, everyone here, and I'm going to ask the Christians to pray along with me to repeat this prayer to help those. Everyone just pray these words. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I acknowledge that I need a Savior. And I ask you, Jesus, that you forgive me. I ask and I speak with my lips that you're the Son of God and arose from the dead. I receive in faith my salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me and making heaven my home. I receive in faith. I receive in faith. I receive in faith my salvation. In the name of Jesus, I ask. Amen and amen. Lord, I thank you now for those who prayed this prayer tonight, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for rededication, first-time salvation. God, I thank you right now. We as Christians, Lord, I thank you that we regained our focus. The enemies try to put our eyes and our minds on other situations. He's tried to distract us. He's tried to allow these, these, these petty things to come against us, to draw us away from the Lord, to draw us away from the church. But in the name of Jesus, we've regained our focus tonight to get back in tune with you, Lord. I ask you, Heavenly Father, in the name of Christ, to those in this room tonight, Lord, as we close this time of services out, God, I thank you for every word that has been spoken this week. And I pray tonight, God, through this message, Lord, that, God, you would catapult, God, this church into greater things in the 2020, Lord, on into this decade, God. Father, they will occupy, we will occupy till Jesus comes. We will do the work, God, of an evangelist. We will do the work of the local church. And I thank you, God, for raising up this body of believers tonight. I pray for household salvation. God, I know there are some people tonight, God, loved ones who are not in this church, who are out somewhere in sin. I pray, Holy Spirit, you convict their heart tonight. Draw them to the cross of Calvary. Thank you for the prayers of a praying mama, a praying daddy, a praying pastor, a praying church family, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus for good old-fashioned conviction to grip their heart and draw them to the cross, God, and their lives be changed in the name of Christ. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor for all that you have done tonight. Jesus, surely come quickly. Jesus, come, I pray. And Father, until that time, help us to be found faithful. In the name of Christ, we ask. Can we sing that simple chorus? Pastor Kevin, that little chorus, he's coming soon. Hear that little He's coming soon. He's coming soon. We will. How's it going? We will. How somebody knows it? It may be more. Is it? it may be more. It may be night or I know he's coming soon. Look, we lo- look, I'm learning tonight too. I can't remember how it went, but you know the gist of it, right? 
You know what? One of the greatest things in the world to know is that your sins are under the blood. I'm grateful tonight for that. My little girl asked me just the other day, she was having a history project at school, and she found a certain person who was, who was in office, and the picture was in black and white. And she said, Daddy, does that mean they're dead? I said, no. I said, at the church at Kinston first, I got my picture on the wall, and it's in black and white, and I'm not dead. Look, in this room tonight, God's done something for you. Look, I'm looking for the rapture, but look, I'm not looking for the grave. Now look, the grave might come tonight, and I pray it does not. Just a mile from my church, a lady was killed today. Hit a tractor trailer, and she was killed. She's in eternity right now. Look, it might be 20 years before Christ comes, but you know what? The grave might come before then. Be ready tonight, church. Be ready. My worship pastor, his brother, just a week ago, 49 years old, he was out home, he was sick, he's a youth minister and a worship pastor as well in the Western Conference, and he passed away at his home last Wednesday, 49 years old, but he's with the Lord tonight. Look, age, look, death is no respect to a person's age, right? And I'm grateful tonight for this wonderful group of people that are here. I'm going to ask Pastor Jeff to come tonight to close out our time together. I want to say again, thank you for your time and your attention tonight. I value that, and I respect that. Thank you so much for that, because again, you could have been anywhere. And I want to say, Pastor Jeff, thank you for having me out tonight. Again, I know tonight I gave you a lot of information. Remember, prophecy is not to scare, but to prepare, right? Get your house in order. Jesus is coming soon. Pastor Jeff, thank you.